morning, everybody. If you will, let's turn to Psalm 58. Psalm 58. Sometimes you read the scriptures and it just seems so dark and heavy. And uh, I've been on this psalm for quite a while until uh, we can see the good news in it. So it's a comfort and an encouragement to us as it ought to be. But psalm 58, <clears throat> I've titled this the judgment in the earth. What had happened here before David had wrote this Psalm 58, David had been watching all the corruption and the injustice of Saul and all the judges that Saul had appointed over the land. And it was against David and it was against everything. In some translations, these judges were called politicians. Politicians. And, and not to, I don't have a political standpoint or agenda to drive from a pulpit. That's nonsense. But we all have experienced this. We think it's something new. We think this is the worst it's ever been. And it's been going on in David's time. This is this is long this isn't something new. This is long standing. But this can be applied to us. We can enter into some of these things. Abuse of authority. Fraud taking place. Injury that, that was caused to the people of Israel in 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 finances, in education, uh, public works, you name it, there was a problem, wasn't it? And then it seems that everything was actively working and designed by Satan to undermine exactly what the Lord had given us. The, the, two, the two institutions the Lord gave us to picture him and his, his bride throughout time was a local assembly where a man got up and preached the gospel of Christ and him crucified in our homes, where a man was ahead of his house and he commanded it and, and brought his children up in the, in the admonition of the Lord. And it seems that everything in David's time was actively going against that. Has anything changed? I could tell you stories from that high school right down the road that would curl your hair back. What's actively going on? in our nation right now. But it ain't nothing new. It ain't nothing new. It's a bad thing. It has to be dealt with. But there's comfort in this. If we look there at the end of verse 11, Psalm 58, here's the comfort. Verily, he is a God that judgeth in the earth. It says he's a God that judges in the earth. That means everything's coming to pass as the Lord sees fit for it to come to pass. He's, he hasn't left his throne. No one's getting one over on him. This isn't happening. Remember Pharaoh? Pharaoh was, was risen up and all those horrible things and his heart kept getting hardened. And the Lord said, I've raised you up just for my glory. <laughs> I did this. Well, he was, he was stealing elections. No, he wasn't. God put him there. Do we forget that he's on his throne? We do, don't we? So we have to read Psalm 58 to be reminded. We have to. The injustice of mankind, and it is unjust. 
the what we call a, a, a judge a court system and legal system in this nation is becoming a joke and probably the downfall of this nation, what we call America. Uh, what we call justice is, is the exact opposite. But thanks be to God, the injustice of mankind will not overrule the justice of God. Judgment's coming. And they'll be partially in this earth. Uh, I told my son that. It was A man was very rude to him. And I said, the Lord will deal with that. We may never see it, never know it, never have he had a little fender bender and that man got on his high horse and was just berating us and the next day i got a phone call and he said my wife's car got totaled nobody even left a note <laughs> they wrecked it in the parking lot I said, well lord will deal with it we may not know but either now or or in time to come but the injustice of man will not overrule the justice of god this isn't a popular psalm and there's some people that believe that you should only sing out of the psalms and they took this psalm out of their hymnal, even though it's in the Lord's, because it wasn't very Christian. <laughs> Maybe they ought to find out what a Christian is first. But this is an Altashka psalm. That means, thou must not destroy. Thou must not destroy. What's this psalm about? Mercy. Huh. It is. Yes. And it's a mixed tam. You know what that one means? Engraved in gold. This is lasting. This is golden. This is a golden psalm. That's what the heading is of David. This is for our comfort and it is for our learning to teach us something and miraculously. This is just, this is a miracle to me. The Lord used psalms like this to save his people. Preaching of this psalm <laughs> and, and seeing who we are and who he is and how a man could be just before God. The Lord will use that, not just to comfort those he's already saved, not just to condemn those that refuse it, but to save those that are his that you don't yet know him. That's amazing to me. That's amazing. We read this psalm, it's like a court of law. I like them courtroom dramas. And the charges are brought up. And the case is presented from verses 1 through 5. Let's read it. Do ye indeed speak righteousness, O congregation? Do ye judge uprightly, O ye sons of men? Yea, in heart ye work wickedness. Ye weigh the violence of your hands in the earth. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf adder that stoppeth her ear, which will not hearken to the voice of charmers, charming never so wisely. And here's the punishment that's assigned, verses 6 through 9. Break their teeth, O God, in their mouth. Break out the great teeth of the young lions, O Lord. Let them melt away as waters which, runneth, which run continually. When they bendeth his bow to shoot his arrows, let them be as cut in pieces. As a snail which melteth, let every one of them pass away, like the untimely birth of a woman, that they may not see the sun. Before your pots can feel the thorns, he shall take them away as a whirlwind, both living and in his wrath. 
And then finally, the celebration of this judgment, the celebration of this trial being concluded, verse 10 and 11. The righteous shall rejoice when he seeth the vengeance. He shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked, so that a man shall say, Verily, there is a reward for the righteous. Verily, he is a God that judgeth in earth. Look back here at verse 1. It says, Do ye indeed speak righteousness, O congregation? That congregation is those that's been made silent. It's the first time it's used. Do you indeed speak righteousness, O congregation? That's gathered together. Do you judge uprightly, O ye sons of men? Physically, these judges, they were, they were saying one thing and doing another. I'm going to do this, and then they didn't do that. Or they would say, you have to do this, and then they would do the opposite. They was putting people under the law, and then they just did what they wanted. Lord spoke to the Pharisees on that, didn't he? He said, you hold people to Moses, but you, you don't even hear him. You, you put everybody else underneath the thumb, but you don't even do that yourself. You don't even know it. He warned of those Pharisees. He said, no, no, if they give out laws and rules, you follow them, but don't you do the works they do. Our politicians do the same thing in our day, don't they? They say one thing to another. They make you do something, but they got their own plans, their own retirements or health care or whatever. Pick something. Ain't nothing different. But you know, this isn't, the Lord ain't giving us a class in government. This is all of mankind. That's who this is speaking of. Turn over to Romans chapter 2 if you want to leave a marker there. We'll be in the first couple of cha chapters of Romans. Romans chapter 2. <clears throat> I believe Paul was reading Psalm 58 that morning whenever he went to go write this part of Romans, that letter to Rome. I think you'll see that too. Those that considered themselves judges, those that had the wisdom to make the call. I would never. Oh, really? <laughs> you ought to be, you should, and cast in their judgment something. Who would do so? A believer would never do such a thing. They're making themselves judges, and that's wrong, isn't it? The Lord has to convict us. Look here, Romans 2, verse 1. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou hast judged, judgest, doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. Anytime we judge someone, we're, we're guilty of the same thing. How far can we take that? Far enough where I ain't comfortable, <laughs> where I start getting condemned. That's how far we can take it, ain't it? I don't understand some of those things. How can I judge someone? I say, that's blatantly wrong. Something I've never done or ever wanted to do or considered doing and be guilty of it. I'm guilty of judging. I'm guilty of judging. You know, that's, that's something. People can be mad over things. If the Lord's gave us a new heart and convicted us of our sin and we hear this gospel preached, how mad are you at anybody else? If, we, if he shows us what we are, I can't think less of someone else. I can't be mad at them. Because this is one-on-one. -on -one. And if he's been gracious to me and he's forgiven me, how could I not be gracious and forgive another? But he judges right. We judge wrong. We judge wrong. He judges right. It says verse 2, 
For we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth. He that is truth speaks truth, and he judges in truth against them which commit such things. Righteous judgment. Righteous judgment. And he's saying, are you righteous? Have you judged righteously? Guilty. Does that shut us up? It shuts me up. Am I going to tell God all the good things I've done and all the good decisions I've made? No. No. Right off the bat, we're in this courtroom. It got quiet. <laughs> I got quiet. I got quiet. Now, leave a marker there if you'd like. Look back here in Psalm 58, verse 2. Verse 1 says, Do ye indeed speak righteousness, O congregation? Do ye judge uprightly, O ye sons of men? Not sons of God, sons of men. This is all mankind, isn't it? It says in verse 2, Yea, in heart ye work wickedness. You weigh the violence of your hands in the earth. In our flesh, we think we can just weigh out all the correct proportions. I think I know how long my trials ought to last, <laughs> or how severe they ought to be, or how less severe they ought to be. We weigh out how much wickedness, how much violence. You know, a gentleman, people say, well, someone's a gentleman. The old term of that, that means they're a man. That's the first priority. That means they have the capacity for violence, yet they have the ability to be gentle. We're all gentlemen. We all have the capacity for violence. And we weigh that out, and we think we do so good. We're judging ourselves to be wonderful and righteous. Well, I didn't say that, and I didn't do I do that all the time. <laughs> I didn't do those things. But that's a wicked heart working, isn't it? We are not the ones that own the scales. Though we judge and we weigh all these things, that's judging. We don't own the scales. That's where in Daniel 5 said, Thou art weighed in the balances and are found wanting. That's what he told that king. Wasn't it? Telel. He said, You've been weighed in the balances. you found wanting. The Lord weighs the, the dust of the earth in a scale. It's his scales. He's the only judge, isn't it? When did those judges back in David's time and, and our judges in our time and, and all of us born of Adam that are born judges, when, when did we become that way? I just said it, didn't I? Look at verse 3. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born speaking lies. Did you know babies lie? They come from the womb speaking lies. A lying baby. They don't need change. They don't need... They're not, they don't need any milk. They're not hungry. And they'll cry just so mom will come pick them up. And then they quit crying. And you put them down, they start crying again. They just want you to do something. So they tell you something's wrong. So you'll come pick them up. What parent taught their child how to do that? What parent ever taught their child how to hide things and to lie and to be deceitful? We come from the womb that way. That's our nature, isn't it? That's our instinct. It says in verse 4, their poison is like the poison of a serpent. You know, a poisonous snake, from the time it comes out of that egg, it's a poisonous snake until it dies. <laughs> it's, it always is. Well, they might be a little one, and it might be a big one, but they're poisonous snakes, ain't they? And a snake that has poison, where does it come from? Does it go to the getting store and get poison? It comes from within comes from within. It generates it all by itself. Doesn't it? I believe Paul had been reading this psalm. Look here in Romans 3 again. Romans chapter 3. 
verse 12. They are all gone out of the way. A double L. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throats an open sepulcher. Their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. That's all of us. It's, we're, we're the guilty ones. We, we, everybody puts the Lord on trial or the gospel on trial or the preacher on trial. We're the ones on trial. God has to deal with us in that and show us that. And he has before. It's going to happen. We'll see next hour. <laughs> we might be doing this for 17 years. It's going to have to happen again. Uh, but but our, our mouth's full of cursing and bitterness, not, not that white milk of the gospel, of grace and peace. Those, those sons of thunder. James and John come out there, and the people didn't bow to the Lord, and he said, let's call down fire and brimstone and kill them. That's judgment, isn't it? That's what they got coming to them. I'll give you that. But the Lord didn't say, go ahead, that's good. You're a good soldier. He said, you don't know what spirit you are. That's a judging spirit. That's wrong. It's his business. I ought to have pity on them as the Lord's had pity on us. I ought to go preach the gospel to them as the Lord sent a preacher to preach the gospel to us. And our feet are so swift to shed blood, isn't it? Back to Psalm 58. Stay there in Romans 3, 2. We'll be right back. Psalm 58, verse 4. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are all deaf. They are like the deaf adder that stoppeth her ear. They say that some of those, I'll never know. I'll tell you that right now. I don't want to get close enough to see, but when they try charming those uh, snakes and stuff there in India, them big old cobras, some of those things, they, I guess they can hear and they'll put their head to the ground and take their tail and try to cover it up, roll it up over their ear. They don't want to hear the music. They don't want to be charmed. It says, which will not hearken unto the voice of charmers, charming never so wisely. Charming never so wisely. We're supposed to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, aren't we? And throughout time and throughout writing and throughout preaching and throughout this country right now and other countries, there are men that, that skillfully preach the gospel skillfully with intent they commit themselves to the word to, to prove themselves faithful and they labor day in and day out and pray and study and pray and study and practice and study and pray and that's their life and they stand up and they say here's what man is don't forget we'll, don't forget we're all grass behold your God Look at him, and people won't hear him. They won't. Poor young fellow stopped me in my driveway yesterday and said, uh, we want to help people study the Bible. Would you be willing to have a free Bible study course? And I took my headphone out, and I said, I'm listening to a message right now. I showed him my phone. <laughs> I said, do you want a Bible study course? And he said, no. <laughs> Didn't want nothing of it. They had their own program that suited them. It was comfortable for them. That's the way they liked it. Don't matter if I like it. Here's what God says. Mankind won't hear it. And people can be in the right church and agree that that's the correct doctrines and not hear it. I did for a long time, almost 20 years. About 16, 17, 18 years I did. Agreed with everything that they said. And I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. Back there in Romans 3, 
I hear it now. You hear it now. Some of you do. Romans 3, verse 9. What then? Are we better than they? No. In no wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that all are under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. Did I finally get it and I finally decided that this was right? Did I find? I remember whenever I was seeking God and I was reading the scriptures every day, looking for God. No, I was not. I stuck my ear up. I took my tail and tried to cover it. And I might have been looking for a God. I might have been looking for something that could give me a warm fuzzy because I had a little bit of guilt by nature. But I wasn't seeking God out. He sought me out. He wasn't lost. I was the one that was lost. The Lord said in John 5, He said, You will not come to me that you might have life. That's all mankind by nature. That's those mean old judges, the mean old politicians back then that was corrupt, the corrupt politicians then and the corrupt politicians now, and this corrupt politician. That's out for number one. That's all of us. Turn over Matthew 11. Matthew 11. Verse 15. Matthew eleven fifteen. Speaking of that adder that had closed its ear. said, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. I need ears. I need to hear. There has to be a message to be heard, and I have to have ears to hear it. He said, But whereunto shall I like in this generation? It's like in the children sitting in the market and calling unto their fellows, saying, We've piped unto you, and you've not danced. We've mourned unto you, and you've not lamented. For John came, neither eating nor drinking. And they said, He's got a devil. John the Baptist came, and he was fasting because he couldn't eat because he had a job to do. I'll eat later. I got preaching to do. <laughs> and they said, Well, that man's possessed. I ain't seen him eat in three days. He's got a devil. And the Son of Man came eating and drinking, Christ came, and he ate food, and he drank. And they said, Behold, a man of gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. He said, Here I come. They were sitting in judgment, and they wouldn't hear. They wouldn't hear John the Baptist, and he was made in, in, in sheep's camel's hair and a leather girdle that was durable, dressed like them. He said, I'm a sinner just like you, buddy. I ain't nobody special. They wouldn't have him. Here come the Son of God, God himself in human flesh. And he said, I'm like you, I'll eat and drink. I'm a man, but I'm your representative. And they wouldn't have him. They wouldn't have him. What's the punishment of the, those wicked judges, those that will not hear? Look here in verse 6, Psalm 58. Psalm 58, verse 6. David's praying here, but this is the prayer of our Lord as well. Break their teeth, O God, in their mouth. Break out the great teeth of the young lions, O Lord. Why break their teeth out? They can't bite no more. They can't do no harm. I assure you those lions in there with Daniel had, had well-equipped teeth. <laughs> they weren't some kind of, they weren't drugged and they didn't have their teeth removed. But he says, break their teeth, Lord, that they can bite no more, that they can wound no more, that they can tear and gnash no more. But you know, the nature there didn't change. 
The heart didn't change, just the teeth, just its capacity. And I was thinking of the Lord whenever he cast out all them demons. They went into his legion, right? Thousands and thousands. Did, did one, and they, wasn't all the, the demons say, well, there's one God, and they trembled. You're, you're the Holy One of Israel. You're the judge. You come to torment us. You're, you're the one that we're going to be tormented by. Not once is it recorded when demons cry and said, Lord, would you have mercy on me? Mercy. Just kept fighting, didn't it? And so he's prayed that their teeth be gone. Their means of wounding. Verse 7 says, Let them melt away as waters which run continually. When he bendeth his bow to shoot his arrows, let him be as cut in pieces. Before they're able even to get an arrow out, remove their teeth, cut them in half, before they can fire an accusation, before they can, they can wound one of your people, cut them down. Think of all this imagery that David's using, this visualization. I thought this was a sweet one. I saw one here, a snail. We have snails here sometimes, especially after this rain. Verse 8 says, As a snail which melteth, let every one of them pass away. You know, you're, behind a snail is a trail, isn't it, of mucus? And here in these hot deserts, I saw one going. I said, you ain't going to make it across that parking lot. <laughs> I know that. But the snail doesn't know that. And the trail that it's leaving is consuming itself. And, and David's praying here, and the Lord says for his enemies, just let them go on. Isn't that what he said to those Pharisees? He said, leave them alone. Leave them alone. He said, dust your, dust your coat off so the kingdom of God is being nigh unto you. Let them keep doing what they're doing. He said, like the untimely birth of a woman, that they may not see a son, like a miscarriage, like a child that dies in, in childbirth, that they never saw the son. He said, you know what the Lord said? It'd be better for you you was never born than to willfully refuse this. Before your pots can fill the thorns, he shall take them away as a whirlwind, both living and in his wrath. What a judgment. What a judgment for those that refuse him outside of Christ. But look at verse 10. The righteous shall rejoice when he seeth the vengeance. This is the Lord's vengeance. This is the Lord's, he who, who is the judge, who judges in truth. It's, if he does it, it's right. He doesn't do what's right. What he does is right. That's a, a powerful statement. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Well, I don't know what he's doing either, but it's right. <laughs> Just because I don't see it. This is vengeance that the Lord's speaking for nine verses. There's condemnation and vengeance and a bunch of it. We get two verses of good. But it says the righteous shall rejoice when he seeth the vengeance. Well, how can that be? I think of that. I might be getting, a, getting them out of order. But that final day of judgment, and there'll be people that I care for and I love or my family or something, and I'm going to see it. The Lord's going to cast them out because they refused him. And, and it won't be that I love them so much and I'm heartbroken. That won't happen because I love him in perfection. And it won't be that they've lost. And I like people I like, I like to see them win. Don't you like to see your, you like to see your team win? You like to see your family win, your friends win? They lost. But I won't, I won't mourn because they lost. I'll rejoice because he's the victor. I, that's so. And I know it, but I don't yet understand it. We can know what the, that's what's going to happen, but we, we ain't entered into that yet. I'm not without sin. Uh, and while I'm here, I pity and, and, and pray and, and have faith and ask the Lord to do these things. But that day will come, and we'll rejoice. We'll rejoice. What a day that'll be.
But how can that be? Because I thought we read that there's none righteous, there's none that seeketh after God. None of those things, right? Those righteous are going to rejoice because we are guilty of all nine verses, ain't we? All their sin and their trespass. I said that on purpose for the next hour. Their sin, singular, their trespass, singular. It's been put away. All that punishment that had to take place has already been executed. It's already been done. Well, who's these righteous that he's talking about? Said as none righteous, who's that righteous? For he hath made him, the Lord Jesus Christ, the God-man, sin for us. All that we were, all that willful disobedience, all that rejecting Christ, rejecting his word, rejecting his sovereignty, the ignorance to it and willful bliss of the ignorance to it, all that guilt, that's me, that not believing him, not trusting him, he was made that. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. When I see I'm, I'm the guilty one and that he came, and he bore my sin in his body on a tree and was made a curse for me that I earned. And in that, he made me righteous. That going to make you happy? That's, that's one of the most glorious and horrible things that ever took place. The Lord said, weep not for me. This had to happen. And he's the king. And it's right. And I'm thankful. It, it just it breaks you to know what he had to go through to save us, to make us righteous. But I'm glad he did it. To be made like him. I rejoice in that. I rejoice in that. Said the righteous shall rejoice. Verse 10. When he seeth the vengeance, he shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked. The one that was made sin. We're washed in him. But in Revelation 14, it speaks of that harvest of the earth. And it says, The wine press was trodden without the city, and the blood came out of the wine press even to the horses' bridles. It was deep. It was deep. That's in the, the harvesting of the earth. That's when this earth is judged. And either mankind will tread his wine press by himself and be crushed, or Christ has already tread that wine press alone for us. We rejoice in those things. If we were crushed in, crushed in Christ, we were punished in him and found acceptable in him, we rejoice. Verse 10, the righteous shall rejoice when he seeth the vengeance. He shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked, so that a man shall say, Verily, there is a reward for the righteous. There's a reward. What's the reward of our... Is that rewards in heaven? I've been a believer for 72 years longer than somebody else, and, and I'm going to have a little bit higher mansion. No. What did God tell Abraham? I'm your reward. <laughs> I'm your reward. Verily, there's a reward for the righteous. There's Christ, our reward, sitting on his throne right now. He's made us righteous. Verily, now with all that, that's eternal things. This ain't just a, a creed. This isn't just a, a, a theological dissertation for a day that we can say, that was nice, let's go to Applebee's. These are eternal matters. Eternal life and death, not just life and death. Eternal life and death. Now remember them politicians we started out with? <laughs> <laughs> I quit watching the news years ago, but if I turn it back on, I bet my blood pressure go up. Remember those? What do you got to worry about? Verily, he's a God that judgeth in the earth. Those earthly things, taken care of. Don't worry about it. 
That and then the saving of his people. To, to, to be found guilty and to be found he's all of our righteousness while we're here, that's called salvation. That's called the Lord dealing with somebody. <laughs> and that's a good thing. That's real good. We rejoice in that. And he can take care of it. He knows when to save his people, when not to, when to wait. He knows, he knows what, what he's doing. He'll do just right. He'll do just right. Makes it, makes it a little bit better when we turn the news on, doesn't it? Makes it a little bit better when we see our sin that he's doing right. When we see him. All right, let's pray together. Father, thank you for these golden psalms. Thank you for your precious word. It seems so mysterious and dark to us sometimes. For those around us, it seems mysterious and dark concerning ourselves. But when our Redeemer is revealed, it's precious and it's right and it's true. Lord, calm us as this year goes on and make us steady. Give us the faith to look to Christ in all things and to remember he's on his throne. And the judge of this earth does right. He does right. Lord, forgive us our sin. Forgive us our unbelief. How prone we are to wonder. Lord, take our hearts and seal it for your courts above. Be with our brethren that aren't with us and those that are suffering the trials that you sent them. Lord, give us a comforting word for them. And Make us an encouragement. It's because of Christ we ask it. Amen. All right, and we'll meet back at 1030.